This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from San Francisco, Trent Lipinski from CyberChimps. Hey, Trent, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Very good. Thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation Podcast. Uh, Just before we get into this, a quick competition announcement. Trent has very kindly donated a version, a pro version of the responsive theme from CyberChimps, valued at $40. So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. Hey, Trent, before we start talking about all things WordPress-ish and web-ish, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I really wanted to be like a writer or like some kind of historian. Also, possibly an explorer or adventurer. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, uh, I never really like settled on one particular idea. I know a lot of kids like wanted to be an astronaut or a cop or something specific, but I was always kind of like, I want to do a lot of things. <laughs> nice. An astronaut is very common, I must say. <laughs> I've, I've, we've had that a lot. <laughs> that sounds really cold to me. <laughs> I like oxygen and, you know. Gravity. <laughs> and um, did, so did you? Did any of the ex- exploring stuff happen? Like are you, uh, do you go out and, and do kind of orienteering on the weekends in your spare time? Or um, Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty world-traveled, not as much as I'd like to be. But, uh, yeah, I, I do a bit of exploring. Uh, just last week I was in Lake Tahoe and went on a mile-long hike where you had to, like, it, the difficulty level for the – trail we were on said that it was easy but like we were kind of having to like scale the side of the cliff and like kind of like and there was a lot of ice so it was really slippery so kind of at one point but (laughs) wow at the top i got to see a frozen waterfall and have a snowball fight with my girlfriend so (laughs) that was cool (laughs) worth it worth the investment uh so when when did you discover the web uh i discovered the internet when i was it was about third grade um, I was at my dad's uh, business partner's house, and his stepson was showing me eWorld, Apple's uh, internet service. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Didn't really quite grasp exactly what it was yet. Um, I'd been using computers since I was like four or five, but uh, it was still, it was like, oh, okay, email, I get the concept. Like, yeah, but it was really like fourth grade when I was like nine or 10. Um, I got my first AOL account, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Wow. Um, so I had my first internet girlfriend after like three weeks. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, was toying around with like some software from like Cult of the Dead Cow and like some of the like hacking groups and stuff. Like I just like dove right in. Um, so yeah, that was fourth grade for me. Wow. <laughs> And I, uh, I haven't really stopped yet. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, what else is a 10-year-old to do if you give them an AOL account? The first thing you're going to do is go and, try, go and try and find an internet girlfriend. That's classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was from San Diego. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think we talked for like three or four days and exchanged like maybe 10 emails. And that was basically the extent of the relationship. <laughs> but yeah, that was... First internet experience, really. <laughs> the modern, the, the modern day pen pal. So, do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? Probably. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to remember the first time I saw the WordPress dashboard. I, it was either in like late '05 or like early '06, and I have to admit that I didn't use it. <laughs> I actually then went 
back to using other content management systems. Um, and it wasn't until like late 2007, early 2008 that I really started to get into WordPress again. Um, a lot of the projects I was working on at the time, I didn't really have the need for like a full-fledged content management system. Uh, so we were, so yeah, some of the stuff I was dealing with, it, it just wasn't applicable yet. Um, and yeah, it was really 08 when I just kind of really got really like WordPress heavy and everything I did and every website and every project was just completely centered around WordPress at that point. And so at, and that, so at, at that stage, at was that, it client work that you were using WordPress for or was it your own projects? Uh, initially, it was just my own little blogs and some of the stuff I'd been working on. Um, I'd run an Apple News and Rumor website out of high school um, for about five years, ended up selling it. That never even made it to WordPress. I was uh, Initially, it was HTML hard-coded. Um, wow. <laughs> And then I was using uh, PostNuke, which was a derivative of PHP Nuke. Um, so I used that for several years. Uh, after that, I was using Drupal for a couple projects. Um, and I was still messing around with like Nucleus and BBLog and like some of the other blogging software at the time. So it was mainly for personal projects. And, uh, and then once I started getting into some client work, that's when I really shifted into WordPress because uh, it was a lot easier. <laughs> mm. And there was just a, it was a better interface. I could actually teach people how to use it. Um, I didn't have to explain how to use code. Uh, it was really, and, and then two, that was when the plugin like side of things really started to take off. Um, so there were a lot of different options available to really extend it without having to teach anybody how to use code. Mm. So all of a sudden I could build a website for somebody and show them how to use it rather than having to try and teach them how to program. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty common uh, arc, pretty common arc with most people I speak to is they start using WordPress for their own projects and then realize that this is the tool they should be using for doing client work just because of the relatively easy learning curve compared to the other uh, products available. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and it just, and then too, it, at that point is when it really became my favorite content management system because all of a sudden I could focus on design work and focus on the stuff I was good at in content and SEO rather than having to worry about necessarily programming the best, uh, you know, yeah, figuring out how to code and how to make the content management system do what I want. Now I could just download a plugin, install it and go. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. And at one stage, you worked as a web developer and internet marketer for Playboy, right? Yes, I did. How was that? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It, it was what it sounded like. I was <laughs> doing internet marketing and web development for Playboy. Wow. Uh, so I landed, you know, honestly, I kind of applied for that job, like, as a joke. Like, I was like, oh, okay, this will be entertaining. Like, I'll be happy if I just get to go on the interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, Three weeks later, I get the call back, and I had completely forgotten I even like applied. Like I didn't think it was within the realm of possibility. <laughs> so went, interviewed, really loved my uh, who eventually became my boss. Um, we had a really good interview. They ended up hiring me. Um, yeah, so it uh, and then yeah, I got to work on a, a bunch of projects there. We used WordPress to. Uh, move over a lot of their like hard-coded sites for like all their landing pages and that kind of thing. 
uh, gosh, ran uh, <laughs> Jameson's MySpace profile for a little bit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so we had a YouTube account. We were doing like viral videos and like all this really cool stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun, um, and I got to apply a lot of like the stuff that I had learned at a previous startup I had worked at with two of the former founders of MySpace. So uh, it was cool because I I kind of got to like take what I had learned and take all those skills and apply them and you know. And do internet marketing and web development for Playboy. So is it is it easier doing that stuff when the content you've got to work with is is you know so viral something as viral as scantily clad women? Yeah, that made it a lot easier. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was it. We had a the, the problem we had at Playboy was we had too much content, uh, and we didn't know which content to use to market because um, it was like we had this. Yeah. I, whereas with most companies and like other situations, it's like we're always in a pinch to like try and come up with creative content and like content's hard to come by and like, but at Playboy, it was the total opposite. It was like, okay, here's this mountain of content. Now figure out what's the best clip to use for a viral video. Mm. And it was like, yeah, and we had to edit them cleverly and word things and we'd create like a couple different variations of each video and then kind of get around the office and see what everybody else thought and try to choose the funniest one or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. That must've been a, a fascinating experience. Uh, talking about today, for those of you that don't know, Trent Lipinski is founder and CEO of cyber chimps who are essentially a theme company at this stage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So, Thinking about cyber chimps, how do you describe when you meet people for the first time and they say, "Hey, Trent, what do you do?" How do you describe what you do in one sentence? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak? My pitch is I develop software that enables people to launch a website that's responsive, so that it works on mobile devices uh, without the need for an app. So a lot of times, nice. I sometimes I'll leave WordPress out if I don't know. If the per if I if I kind of get the feeling that the person probably doesn't know what WordPress is, I may not say that we're WordPress theme company. If I get the feeling they're a little tech savvier, I'll throw in WordPress. Right. So, so yeah. if you're at a hack and news meetup in San Francisco, you might say I'm a we're a WordPress theme company. Whereas if you're exactly. at a family barbecue, you might use the other elevator pitch. Exactly. Correct. Cool. So, as CEO, what do you actually spend most of your time doing day to day? Yeah, I mean, really at this point, I'm operating the company. Um, I'm overseeing all of our projects. Um, we've kind of, we did a really good job of kind of setting up a company and kind of giving everybody defined roles and managing things from that standpoint. So there's really two like parts to CyberChimps right now, and it's services and support and our product line. Mm -hmm. So we've got our development team and our project managers. They're all working on product. And then we've got our customer service and support people and they're working on working with our customers and supporting them and providing them with support services. So, um, so yeah, so I'm managing both teams really. Um, and then kind of also have to bring them together when necessary to, you know, accomplish certain goals and, uh, and make sure they're communicating effectively and just, uh, and then two, I just, I have to deal with the daily operation of, uh, of the company, um, you know, legal stuff, um, which seems to be a growing to-do list, um, 
you know, making sure our taxes are being paid, everyone's getting paid on time, uh, salaries, budgets. It's, yeah, it's a lot of work that uh, initially I, I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> but because uh, initially I'm, a, I'm more of a design marketer, like, yeah, I've got business development experience, obviously, but uh, I'm just coming more from the design and marketing side of things. So uh, now I'm getting a lot more hands-on experience with project management and managing teams and really learning how to, you know, find the strengths and weaknesses of my employees and kind of make sure they're in the best possible environment to succeed. Wow. How's your social life, man? <laughs> uh, it's going all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because, you know, you, you do have to make some sacrifices and really try to stay focused. And, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely not the easiest thing to manage a, uh, a startup. So, yeah. so you were saying that you did a really good job of setting up the company and, and giving everyone kind of really clearly defined roles. How did you know, first of all, how did you know to do that? And second of all, how did you know what the roles were that you needed? Well, I knew that I couldn't do it alone. <laughs> that was the first step, really. Mm. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, when CyberTeam started to take off, it was very clear to me that, you know, I can't manage the kind of downloads, the kind of traffic, uh, you know, the support, the updates, everything that's required. So uh, I went into it with the idea that I was going to build a company around you know, the product and kind of take it from there. Um, so the first real need was support because all of our customers needed support. So it was like, okay, we needed to hire, uh, you know, somebody to help us with support. So that was our first major hire was finding, you know, a support person um, who can manage our customers and, you know, make sure that uh, we answer support issues in a timely and appropriate manner. So. Um, that was really our first need, uh, and that was one of our first hires. So um, that was that was probably so that that need just kind of presented itself immediately, and uh, it was just clear we needed to build a support team. Yeah. Um, then we figured out, oh, okay, development-wise, like there's security updates that we need to release regularly. Um, we need to patch any known bugs. We need to, if we're using frameworks or, you know, other development tools, like, and they roll out new versions, we need to update to the latest versions of the newest development tools. We need to refresh the designs to make them more modern. Uh, you know, when we first went responsive, we had to redevelop everything to be responsive. So it was just, that just eventually grew out our development team. So... I, I mean, there really wasn't any like silver bullet, like was like, oh, we need to hire this person now. And that it, it was really more along the lines of, okay, here's a problem that we need to solve and we don't have enough manpower right now to solve it. So we need to bring somebody else on uh, to help us uh, push things forward. So have you ever, have you, ha all of the people that you've hired, everyone on the team has been there to solve a problem have you hired someone just because you think it would be really beneficial for the company? <clears throat> excuse me, really beneficial for the company to have someone in that seat. Like, have you thought, okay, if we had person X doing this job, that would really help us grow the company, or have you just hired to handle existing capacity? Up until about a couple months ago, it was really about capacity, um, and 
Now we're finally at a point where we're starting to hire for growth. Um, and that's, and, and we're starting to take a little more forward looking approach. Um, I mean, ultimately last year we grew, um, a lot, we grew a lot more than we were expecting in ways we didn't really anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a good thing, but it was also a little bit of a conflicting thing. Cause it was like, Oh, we were expecting growth in one area and it didn't really grow, but then in another area, it totally took off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it, it's it, we were in you know basically year two of Cyberchimp, so that's the teething point for a lot of companies and kind of trying to figure out their identity. So we're hoping going into year three that we can really start to be forward looking now. Uh, and we just hired a marketing person, and we're going to be bringing on some salespeople soon. So we're hoping that now we're bringing on some hires that are really going to help us grow the company. Right. So your your product suite is themes and premium support is that right is that kind of the services thing correct yeah. okay so which so, so which area grew, which area grew more than you anticipated support support yeah wow. um support really grew um and it was because our product sales went so well um our products got better so we sold more products and then our support needs grew um, so support really ended up being a lot of, uh, a lot, well, started taking up a lot more overhead than, uh, we initially anticipated, mm. but it, it was a good problem to have. So yeah, yeah. Wow. now we're, we're kind of on top of it and we're, we're working on a new business model for how we're going to handle support this year. So great. <clears throat> do you, do you get, I'm com- completely off script here, but I'm just fascinated in exploring <laughs> this if that's okay. Do you get, do you have mentors or someone outside? the business who's kind of coaching you through this process or you just all making it up as you go along? Uh, honestly kind of making it up as I go along. Um, it, it's really, I, I would love in, like a mentor or an advisor. Um, I haven't really found one yet. Um, I've looked, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because with the WordPress industry, we're kind of this, like we're this niche market. So it's like, Everybody within the WordPress community gets it, mm. but outside the WordPress community, uh, it's really kind of hard to communicate what's happening within our ecosystem. So I definitely look up to a lot of people within the community, mm. uh, and you know I love going to WordCamps and talking to other CEOs of other startups and other WordPress companies. So I would say like those experiences have been really valuable to me, and those have really taught me a lot. Mm. Uh, but I don't really have like daily or monthly or even weekly contact with like a mentor or anything. Um, I my I would say my parents actually advise me the most. Mm. Uh, my dad was a music producer in the music industry uh, for gosh twenty years. Wow. Uh, my mom used to work for L'Oreal. Uh, she, yeah. So I I, I kind of. I've kind of been leaning on them lately, honestly, for advice and advisements. And, and two, I've been making a lot of new friends and, uh, up in San Francisco that uh, have also been really valuable. And, but at the end of the day, it, it's really my core team and I that are uh, kind of making things up as we go along. Wow. Uh, a lot of it's driven by data now, and we're finally starting to get like a lot of good feedback from our customers. and. Yeah, we're able to make a, and and we learned some lessons last year too about some of our product launches and our marketing and that kind of thing. So, uh, but ultimately, uh, 
yeah, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guess and, and guess and check and, uh, throwing some spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Excellent. What's the one thing that keeps you awake at night regarding your business? Uh, future. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, I mean, we've had, gosh, it's just so crazy because, you know, everything's just happened so quickly the last two and a half years. And, um, so it, it's, it, there's moments where like, I want to pause and kind of reflect on the past and then it comes really overwhelming. <laughs> mm. it's like, oh, a lot of things have happened in the last like two and a half years. But, uh, you know, I think the, the main thing is, uh, just staying focused on the future, and, you know, solving what we can today and what we can do tomorrow. So, yeah. And how do you, what do you do when you're not working? How do you keep your head together? Uh, I play guitar. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's become a really good kind of outlet for me. Awesome. Um, I also, uh, I've been getting really into yoga, uh, meditation. Um, I've been kind of becoming like a health nut lately. Uh, I'm doing the whole like paleo diet uh-huh. right now. So got off carbohydrates, which was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, off caffeine. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Off caffeine. Wow. Yeah, so I'm trying to like, yeah, because it's I put on I put in gosh so many like 16 hour days, um, mm-hmm. especially the first like year year and a half. So it was like I'm kind of I'm trying to find some balance now mm-hmm. uh, and kind of find like a you know good counterbalances to the amount of just overall stress and everything I'm managing and dealing with, so that uh, I'm a little more centered and grounded. Mm. Uh, so that uh, I can really focus when I am working. But uh, yeah, I've really been enjoying yoga, really been getting into like meditation um, and uh, just trying to kind of create a better, healthier lifestyle so that I can kind of lead not only myself, but uh, the people I care about and my family and friends as well and my employees and company too. So Yeah, that's great. That's really uh you know, you just hear it so many times of, of founders of young startups burning out because they they don't do that. They just work flat out, foot is on the floor, 100 miles an hour until they just hit the wall. So it's really I'm good. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did that for almost two years straight. So yeah. um, I'm just now kind of like, it, it's been the last like six to eight months where I've been stepping back and going, okay, I need to manage the digital world and the real world effectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, I notice you have an angel list profile. Are you actively seeking funding? Uh, it's questionable. Um, I mean, we I threw that up about I think probably about a year ago. Um, we were considering getting funding about a year ago, um, but I don't really want to give up equity. Yeah. <laughs> Is really what it comes down to, and that also I haven't met that mentor or that advisor or that I, I'm still waiting to meet that to get that right relationship where it's like okay this is somebody I can trust that you know can bring in you know investment money that uh, can help us grow the business so I've kind of been operating you know we've been bootstrapping the company and I've been operating under the principle that you know we're never going to get funding um, so that way, if we do get it, it's just kind of an added bonus. Mm. Um, and that way, if we don't get it, we're actually prepared and still able to pay our bills. So, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think funding is common in the WordPress ecosystem? 
Uh, right now, no. Um, unfortunately, there's just kind of this weird stigma about open source software still, especially in the investment community. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there was literally one group, I'm not going to name them, but, uh, you know, I spent six months trying to get them to hear me out on my pitch. Finally got to pitch them, and then afterwards I said, oh, we don't invest in open source companies. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, that? why would you make that rule, first and foremost? And secondly, like, why didn't you tell me that six months ago? <laughs> so... Yeah, it was like, it was kind of, it was a little stunning for me because it was like, oh, they don't really get it. Um, pitched a couple other VCs, um, you know, they're like, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're within an ecosystem. And they, one of the big things I heard is we're more interested in finding the next WordPress um, rather than investing money in, you know, within an ecosystem. Mm. Um, but again, that just seems kind of crazy to me because that's like saying, oh, I'm only interested in investing in the next app store. We're not going to invest in iOS apps, mm. uh, which makes no sense because if there's a viable market and there's successful businesses operating within an ecosystem, that's usually a sign that if you put the right people together and the right investment money together, you can make something big happen because this business model is already working. Mm. Uh, so from my standpoint, it's kind of crazy for, to me that uh, people don't want to invest in open source software and don't want to invest in companies within an ecosystem because it's proof that it works. Um, you know, so I, I definitely feel that what we're doing with Cyberchimps and what other uh, companies are doing within the WordPress ecosystem is much larger than the ecosystem itself. Um, we're talking about the web and the open source nature of the internet. Um, so to not invest in that seems crazy to me, but VCs for some reason are afraid of it because it's a different way of doing things. Um, there's no real intellectual property um, to invest in and really you're investing in people if you're gonna be investing in the WordPress ecosystem. But I don't see that as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of VCs would argue with me on that. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with WordPress, given its exponential growth and it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. So it'll be interesting to see if some of those VCs start to get attracted to the ecosystem and start to see opportunities. I think the smart ones will start taking notice soon. Mm. Um, and I think interviews like the one we're doing right now, um, and I think you know once people start to realize what's happening in the WordPress ecosystem starts to become you know, uh, more general knowledge, especially in the VC world, like it, it just, hopefully they're going to wake up because mm. uh, there's a lot of great companies and there's a lot of great things happening with WordPress. And it, it's just crazy to me that no one is really getting investment funding um, other than what uh, Matt's done with Audrey Capital and, you know, with uh, Automatic. Um, there really hasn't been anybody else who's really been investing in the ecosystem too much uh, other than the companies that are within it. Mm. So I really think, you know, ultimately we're again, we're talking about the open, investing in the open source nature of the internet and giving people the power and freedom to be able to launch their own websites, um, especially responsive websites that do work on any device. Um, Cause like, you know, outside, you know, developed countries, um, 
you know, they're, they're just getting access to the internet today. Uh, and their first device is an Android device or that iPad you sold on eBay a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, that's their first computer. Yeah. So they're interested in launching a website just like everybody else. Um, but they don't have a laptop. They don't have a desktop. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there's really going to be this explosion of new internet users on mobile devices. Uh, and they're going to want a piece of the internet just like everybody else that's their own to share their content, their photos, their videos, especially with everything that's happened with the NSA and, you know, all these big corporations taking our data and doing whatever they want with it. Mm. Uh, you know, there's inevitably going to be some pushback that, hey, I want to own my own content. I want to own my own blog. I want to put my photos up on my website. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to start to see a trend where people are going to want to own their content again. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I think it's going to be really healthy for the WordPress community. And I think it'd be really dumb for venture capitalists to <laughs> All right, you heard it here first on the WP Elevation <laughs> podcast. Trent Lipinski calling you a dumbass. Invest in uh, WordPress startups. All right, let's talk about CyberChimps. Why did you start a premium theme company? It's really, it's kind of a sad story, honestly. I was doing client work and I was trying to launch my own freelance web development and internet marketing company and I kept getting screwed out of my last payment. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how else to put it. Like I had three clients in a row that, you know, we would take 50% up front, another 25% upon like some deliverables and then you know, the last 25% upon completion, like contracts did it all the right ways. Like you go to a WordCamp and you hear how to like do freelance work. This is all the stuff they tell you. I did it. And I still had three clients in a row not pay me that last 25%. Wow. One of them tried to steal the code and launch the website anyways, which didn't quite work because we still, it was on our server. <laughs> And we had control of their domain name. <laughs> so that didn't work. Um, and then the other two just abandoned their concepts and never launched a website. Uh. So it was just like, so I think, gosh, it, it, I added it up. I think in like two, in 2010, I had been, uh, there was like outstanding was about like $7,500 of money I didn't get paid for work I had completed. Ouch. So, I mean, the economy was in the, was not, is still not doing that great. But, uh, you know, so I understood people were pinching money and that kind of thing. But ultimately, like, there wasn't really anything I was doing wrong. It was more along the lines of that's just kind of how things are now. Um, and I needed to change something because obviously this wasn't working. Um, so, I looked at what we were, what I was doing and I was building websites for people on WordPress and I was using other companies themes and I was hacking them and modifying them and redesigning them and using other frameworks and it was just a nightmare because you know we, we were working with this one with this one theme company and you know we were sending them bug reports of stuff that was wrong with their framework and they wouldn't like we would send them the code and be like this is broken we fixed it and they wouldn't, we'd send them the code and they wouldn't, they wouldn't fix it. 
it's like <laughs> so it's like why are we doing this um so yeah I, it ultimately it just came down to i'm going to create my own theme that i know uh that's my own code base and i'm going to use other open source libraries and stuff that makes sense to me and what i'm doing so that i can build themes faster more effectively um and just it kind of went out on a limb built it um, my former business partner and I literally, we have enough cash for about like, I think we calculated that we could pay our rent and afford to eat for like another like three to four months. Um, so like we probably should have been like going through our resumes and like sending out <laughs> resumes and like applying for real jobs. Um, but we didn't, uh, we basically locked ourselves in our apartment for like two and a half, three months, built our first WordPress theme. Uh, and then we did something crazy and we released it for free. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that was really kind of the, the point of inception for Cyberchimps and, uh, it took off. We released it for free. Um, a bunch of users started contacting us. We released a pro version. We started selling the pro version. Um, we haven't gone a day without a sale since. Wow. So. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how did you get your first 10 customers of the paid version? Um, just upselling from the free version. Right. It was really that simple. So, um, yeah. so traditional content marketing. Here's a, here's a free, here's yeah. something awesome for free. And if you like that, well, imagine how good the paid one's going to be. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, and honestly, for like our version, that was the pro version. It was just more customization options. Right. It wasn't. It was, we just made the product a little bit easier to use. Um, and we just added a few more curated options that really gave people the tools that they wanted and needed to make their website better. So we gave the free version away with the concept that if you wanted to go into the code to modify it, you can. Uh, it's a completely open source. But if you don't know how to do that, then we're going to sell you the components and tools and options that make that really easy if you don't want to dive into code. Wow. So we realized that, that right there was the defining point between a free version and a pro version. Mm. So this way, anybody who does know code and who does want to hack the design and modify it to their needs, they can, they're free to do so, and they don't need to pay for our product. Um, and those who want to you know, launch a site that's in a specific color set or, you know, they want some drag and drop features or expanded options, we realized people would be willing to pay for that. Um, and, you know, it was really that simple of just creating a product that was a little bit more advanced, but advanced in a way that made it easier to use so that there was some value in the pro version. And that's really been the driving factor in the distinction between our free themes and our pro themes. Um, and then the other thing that we didn't even really realize at the time is support. Um, support also added value to our pro products um, and really started to become a selling point uh, for our themes was getting that one-on-one -on -one with somebody who actually knew what they were talking about. So that's why we're working on our new support business model right now and we're going to be rolling that out soon. So it's, It reminds me of something <clears throat> I heard once about the difference between selling a vitamin pill and a headache tablet is that you never you never race into a pharmacy to buy a vitamin pill, but you yeah. race into the pharmacy to buy a headache tablet, right? So yeah. the options panel, if you like, for a theme 
to a web developer, that's like a vitamin tablet. It's a nice to have, but I don't need it. To an end user who doesn't know how to code, that is a headache tablet because trying to get this thing to do what I need it to do without an options panel is a major headache. So the options panel just solves that problem and therefore they're willing to pay for it. Correct. Yeah. Things have definitely gotten interesting because now you've got the theme customizer. Um, You've got, you know, kind of now this new concept of how we're supposed to do theme options. You've still got... I've still got my entire customer base who loves the theme options panel we built um, because we optimize the UI to make it very easy to use. You know, you turn things on and off. Um, there's no checks because I mean, we went through like, gosh, we probably spent a lot of time and a lot of money buying other frameworks, mm. um, and we went looked at what everyone else was doing, and like it was just so frustrating because like there would be a checkbox, for example that sometimes you check the box to enable something, but sometimes you check the box to disable it. <laughs> so from a user standpoint, it's a headache created. Yeah, so you're just creating a whole new headache there. So it was like, <laughs> it was like, okay, we need to do an on-off switch because people understand on and off. Um, so it was just little simple things like that that we could really improve upon, especially on the user interface. Um, that just made our products easier to use. And then now there's the theme customizer, which is awesome, but I still feel like it's incomplete. Um, and I still feel like it's ignoring some possibilities. Um, drag and drop interfaces, for example, are present in the theme customizer. Mm. Uh, editing a page on a per page basis and having different designs for different pages and different layouts also not something really found in the theme customizer or most themes yet. Um, so that was a big defining thing for our themes was really having meta options that you could control on a per page basis because most websites don't have the same layout on every page. Every page typically, like a good website has different layouts for different kinds of content mm. uh, and kinds of pages. So it was like we really needed to build out a better way of doing that. So we did that with our themes, but there's still not really a good default WordPress way of doing that, Um, Mm. which I would love if they would start building some of this stuff in. Uh, Dynamic sidebars, uh, you know, better ways of tapping into dynamic content and responsive design and that kind of thing. Um, But to do so, they really have to start branching into becoming more of a CSS framework to do this stuff. Mm. But... Um, I hopefully I, I kind of hope WordPress eventually evolves to having its own kind of framework because um, to me marrying something like Twitter Bootstrap and WordPress, if there was a default way for mm. us to do things and we had a CSS framework we could tap into that's part of WordPress, to me that would be awesome because mm. uh, that would give us a really nice like standardized way of actually doing things. Whereas right now we're having to build our own solutions to these problems and build those features into our themes, which I'm more than happy to do, but it would be nice to have a a standard way of doing this so that our post content and our post types and our sidebars are compatible with other themes um, and are compatible with uh, other plugins and anybody using WordPress. So uh, it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how theme options go and where it evolves. Uh, over the next year or two. So it's interesting. Uh, one of the questions I've got here is um, 
with a theme company on every street corner these days, how do you, how do you, it's such a crowded marketplace. How do you stand out? How do you differentiate yourself and how do you remain competitive? How do you not just become one of the many? I mean, even my, I don't have a business partner because we disagreed on this from, (laughs) Uh, I I have, yeah, it, it, it is, it is hard. Um, but Comp- to me, competition is a sign that you're doing something right, yeah. uh, not that you're doing something wrong. So a lot of people see competition and they're like, oh, I don't want to get involved. Um, my mindset is, okay, if there's a lot of competition in this space, it means that this works. Um, there's a lot of people interested in buying these kinds of products. There's a lot of interest. So what I really tried to do with CyberSims and I'm continuing to do is I'm trying to make that simpler trying to make it easier for the average user um, to use. So CyberTunes really focused on simplicity and ease of use more so than anything else. Um, and I think that was really the dis- like the real driving factor that really, I think, really kind of touched our customers was that you know they could have a cool website that looks good, that's responsive, that's not hard to use. Mm. Uh, so we really, really just kind of keep focusing on improving our user interface, improving our design process, and going through the process of like what it takes to set up a theme. We literally built our theme options in order of what you would want to do first. Um, so that way you can literally work through them left to right and just kind of build your website as it needs to be builded um, in a process and kind of providing a, a process and a road for you know, and at your average customer to follow so that they can build the website they want um, easily. So I think that was kind of our main defining, uh, our main defining thing was easy use. So this year we're really going to focus on uh, on refreshing our designs because um, there's been a lot of new design trends, parallax scrolling, for example, um, you know, just advancements in responsive design, um, making it feel more like an app and less like, you know, a website that's been crunched, um, (laughs) taking that mobile first philosophy. So that's what we're really focusing on. We're going to be really focusing on heavily in 2014 is really focusing on, uh, not only doing everything we've been doing really well with user interface design and easy use, but also adding that really cool design factor on top of it. So yeah. So it also sounds to me that you kind of don't really pay too much attention or care too much what other theme companies are doing, that you've got a pretty clear vision about what your themes do and that you stay true to that. Exactly. Because um, I think that's all you really can do is you can only really focus your energy on what you're good at and what you know. Yeah. So trying to understand what everybody else is doing and trying to copy everybody else and trying to mimic your competitors and try to outdo them and all this other stuff, it it just turns into this like needless game of like, yeah, it, it just creates these like negative feedback circles and you don't even really know why you're doing half the stuff you're doing. And I just, I don't care for that approach. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to focus on making products that are easier to use and that make launching your own website a little less frustrating. Um, so I think really, again, that's, that's the defining thing for CyberGyms is making products that are easier to use. And I mean, we're even guilty of, you know, there's a lot of things we're still learning to improve. We're, we've, we've got to redesign cyberchimps.com this year. 
like um, we've learned so much over the last two years that like we haven't even been able to put some of those principles in practice for our own website yet. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a lot of that stuff over the next couple months so that we can really show our customers what our software is capable of and that you can build a website just like ours using our software. Mm-hmm. And that's not that hard. So I think that'll be kind of the defining thing for a lot of our customers because, yeah, ultimately I think for WordPress as a whole, 2014 is really going to be about, uh, you know, WordPress is for everyone. It's for anybody who wants to launch a website, um, not just bloggers, not just businesses. Um, It's really a content management system for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I really want to create products that reflect that. Cool. Are you still having fun? Yeah, I'm still having fun. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a different kind of fun, though. Yeah, yeah. it's changed. Because um, you know, I, I have to admit, I have to admit, I miss designing themes. Um, yeah. That was that's what I'm really good at. So I'm trying to focus on organizing things a little bit better this year, so that I can kind of get back to doing more design work. Um, because that's that's really who I am. Um, so I'm trying to kind of figure out my operations a little bit more and get things optimized and get some people in place to help run some of the, the operation side of things so that I can get back into design work. Yeah. Cause that's really when I, I love sitting down and at the end of the day, looking at something I created, yeah. uh, there's nothing. Yeah. There's just that, that feeling is amazing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm hoping to get a little bit more of that this year. Um, cause last year, I got that in a totally different way because it was like Cybertrunes really took off and expanded past something I could even really control. So um, it was I, I had to let go of a lot of things last year and kind of uh, you know figure out uh, where we were going to take things. So um, I think so. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm still having fun, um, but it, it's definitely evolved into different kinds of fun and it's different kinds of problem solving really too. So. Ultimately, I, I like kind of putting puzzle pieces together and solving problems. So the fact that the problems keep growing is, uh, is a good thing. It's a good so. thing, yeah. I, I remember I sat next to you at Pressnomics at one stage before we'd actually met. And uh, I wasn't even sure who you were at that stage. I hadn't kind of pieced it together. And I remember at one point just seeing out of the corner of my eye, in, in between speakers, you were taking an opportunity to open Photoshop and work on some themes. <laughs> I was like, cool, this is a man who loves designing themes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really weird because when I'm sitting in those conferences, I, I the inner scientist in me goes, still doesn't really understand it, but I swear there's like a collective consciousness when you're in a room like that, yeah. and it just inspires me, um, and, I, and I'm just like, okay, I've got this idea, I've got to just get it out, yeah. um, and there's just something about sitting in like at a conference at WordCamp or Pressnomics that just... Yeah, I kind of tap into the energy of the room and it's just, yeah. it's like all of a sudden things I've been thinking about for three months just like connect when you're sitting there at the moment. And I'm just like, all right, I got to get this in Photoshop. I got to mock this up. I got to write this idea down, whatever yeah. it is, and uh, kind of explore it. So Yeah, yeah. it's pretty inspiring, Pressnomics, isn't it? I, I, I totally understand what you mean. I, every night back in my room, I was madly on Evernote just just dumping as much stuff as I could out of my brain. It's, it's a very inspiring uh, conference yeah. indeed. If you haven't been, I strongly recommend anyone who haven't been, do your, do your, your best to get along to Pressnomics. It's, a, it's an awesome conference. Yeah, that was uh, 
dare I say, probably the best WordPress conference I've been to. Yeah. Uh, it, it it was it was nice to uh, be able to talk about the full scope of what we deal with in the WordPress ecosystem without the limitations of, mm. uh, of other WordPress events. Yeah, I totally agree. Joshua and Sally Strebel from Pagely, thank you very much for putting on Pressnomics yeah, and uh, that, hopefully they hopefully <laughs> they continue to do it. I'll continue flying halfway around the world to be there if they continue uh, <laughs> putting it on. All right, let's elevate. For those of you that don't know, WP Elevation is the world's first business accelerator program designed specifically for WordPress consultants. So what I intend to do now is ask Trent a series of quick questions about uh, WordPress freelancing and get Trent to call back on his experiences uh, when he was freelancing and even working for Playboy. Uh, and just give us some quick answers off the top of your head. Uh, Trent, how's that sound? Sounds good. Cool. All right. What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Uh, I would say just uh, control your client's expectations. Um, I think that's a big one is uh, really setting forth and defining like for your client, like this is how web development works. This is what we can and can't do. Because um, so many times when I was on a freelance project, we would build something exactly what the customer told us they wanted, and then they would say, no, we want this now instead. And it's like, you realize we just put down the like foundation, we just built the house, we just put the floors down, we just painted the walls, like it's finished. Like, and now you're asking me to like tear down the kitchen, add three new rooms and add a pool. <laughs> and you want me to do this in a week and you don't want to pay me extra. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Uh, excellent. Managing expectations. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Gosh, this is a hard one. Um, you know, I think the best thing we ever did to find new customers was, uh, was, to give some of our products away for free. Yep. Uh, the freemium business model works, um, you know, and it's a good way of finding out what your product is and getting those first free users. Because getting somebody, if you can get somebody to use something for free, then you can figure out from there something of value to give for a pro version or, yep. you know, for add-on services or other support or whatever. So, yeah, I'd say... Uh, Let's say build something awesome and then see if you can get people to use it. Beautiful. How do you stop competing on price? <sighs> price. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a hard one. Uh, we're still, we still debate price points and whatnot. Um, to this day, and we're constantly changing prices to see the different chain, you know, see what kind of impact it has. Um, you know, I think ultimately, Ultimately, we, we've stopped competing on price and that, you know, we're, like I said earlier, we're kind of trying to break out the difference between products and services and charge for both in their own respective right. So I think really that's probably where I would say, you know, you can stop competing on price is find value in something, uh, figure out what it is, identify it and sell it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's okay if it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. That's, that's really good. Uh, what I'm hearing there is productize. If you're a freelancer, you can actually productize some of your freelance services and sell yeah. them as, as, as separate product items. Yeah. Awesome. So there's, there's a lot of value in what you're creating for your clients. So if you can find a way to kick that back to the community mm. as a plugin, as a theme, whatever it is, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to 
that's going to go back to the first question and also help you get new customers as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, all, it's, so, it's great positioning, isn't it, making product. Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? I would say when it comes to proposals, I'm, I have a pretty crass, direct, honest approach. Um, and I think most people appreciate that. Um, so, for example, we've been working with a company, uh, you know, again, not going to name names, but, uh, you know, they came to us, they wanted us to, like, modify some, some of the products we had developed for them. I probably easily could have, like, said, oh, yeah, that's going to take us, you know, six weeks and it'll cost you, you know, X amount of dollars. But I just, I said, you know what, we can probably solve this with a plugin, do it in a week not charge you an arm and a leg. Um, so ultimately, yeah, it's about honesty, I think, uh, and just being straightforward and honest with uh, who you're working with because they'll appreciate you and respect you for it. So that'll give you business down the road that you couldn't even anticipate before. Mm. Um, so I think when it comes to writing proposals and you know trying to increase conversions, I, I really fall back to just being honest and direct with uh, whoever you're proposing to. Mm. Uh, and just, you know, just being really true to who you are and, you know, who they are and be honest with them because um, they'll respect you for it and it will lead to opportunities that you can't foresee in the future. Good advice. Favorite tool, do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM? Uh, we're still trying to figure this one out ourselves. Um, I just went to Dreamforce. So we're looking at implementing Salesforce right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of uh, potential there to kind of marry Salesforce with WordPress. Um, so I, that's what we're looking at right now is uh, we're going to be implementing uh, Salesforce. We're looking at uh, Exact Target, uh, Marketo, and a couple of the other like marketing uh, software kind of add-ons that go with uh, Salesforce. So um, cool. I always try to, when I jump into a space like that, I always try to go for the best. Yeah. Um, try to focus finding that the company who's like you know that's about to really start doing something big and I would say right now that's Salesforce cool what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track project management software uh, <laughs> uh, nice. we use Basecamp for everything yep. uh, we use github to manage all of our uh, all of our development mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to do without either of uh, without either of those. Basecamp and uh, GitHub are just critical. Um, it yeah, there's there's nothing better because ultimately, like you need a you need a good form of communication with your clients. They can watch what's happening, uh, you know, with the development of things that they can post and ask questions to. And that isn't as direct as a phone call or yeah. an email because like there's a lot of good ideas and you have to say no to some of them. Yep. So with Basecamp, you can do that passively um, without it having to be like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. It's more like, hey, that's a good idea. We're going to leave it in the corner and maybe we can get to it yep. uh, down the road if it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I would say project management software is critical. Whatever you end up choosing is you know up to you. It fits your needs, but uh, that's critical. And then obviously version control. And I, I, a lot of people in the WordPress community will probably disagree with me, but I, I can't stand uh, any of the older like version control systems. To me, Git is 
so far superior to anything else. Um, you can use sub-modules and organize code in ways that just wasn't even really possible before. And it's just a really great collaborative tool for, uh, for coding. Cool. Basecamp and GitHub, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Um, we're we're going to be leveraging email marketing a little bit more for this ourselves. Um, we are starting to run a few more contests. Um, we're going to be developing our blog to really start targeting different content and to help with our SEO. So that's what we're doing to kind of open dialogue with our customer base so that they can continue to refer us to their friends and family. Um, we offer coupon codes, other incentives. Um, so we're really trying to offer a lot of incentives for our customers, um, you know, along the social lines to uh, keep them engaged and refer our products. So it's really about, uh, I think there's a misconception about social media that it's a good way to gain new customers. Um, it's not. Um, you have to, Advertising is a good way to get new customers. Mm. Uh, social is really about maintaining existing relationships uh, more so than gaining new ones. Um, so if you really focus on the relationships you have with your customers today, um, that's what will lead to referrals in the future. Nice. What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? You know, I'm going to go back again to honesty. Um, you know, it, it's it's stepping back, looking at things from the big picture, seeing what you're good at, um, seeing what you're not good at and, you know, finding the strengths and weaknesses of what you, what you're doing with your freelance business or your company, uh, and finding ways that you can, if you find somebody who's a really good designer and you find someone who's a really good programmer, it makes more sense to connect those two people than try to force them to be something they are. Mm -hmm. Um, so learning to identify those things and even within yourself and learning your own strengths and weaknesses uh, and playing to your strong points and either avoiding or finding solutions for your weaker points, um, I think that's what a lot of people could do better to differentiate themselves from other customers. And two, it goes back to controlling expectations. Tell your client, we're really good at doing X, Y, and Z. Um, we're still working on getting better at these things. So. Uh, let the, your client know that so that they can make the right decision in hiring the right person for the project. Yeah. Because uh, if you're forced to do something that you don't really know how to do, uh, it's going to cause conflict that probably is unnecessary and was easily avoidable had you just explained that to the client beforehand. So. It's, it's one of those things too, isn't it? With like freelancers, I think, find it hard to understand that not every client is right for you. Yeah, no, it, they're not. Um, not every customer is right for you either. Yeah, um, it, yeah it, that's it, true. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we'll have customers that like, we're, we're, we'll just have, we just offer them a refund. We're like, we can't help you. <laughs> yeah. Like, your needs are beyond the scope of what we <laughs> um, That's right. So it, there's yeah. not anything bad in doing it, it. We hate doing it. It's yeah, not a fun thing to do. But sometimes it's necessary so that they know they can't start calling you at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it's a really nice it's a really nice way to uh, fire a client or a customer is is exactly what you just said. Then is that um, 
your needs, like we just we just cannot give you the love and attention that you need. We just can't do that. We haven't got the capacity to do that. We, we think you're better off finding someone else who can better service you. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it, it really sometimes you have to say no to some really good ideas and some really good yeah. projects yep. so that you can stay focused on the stuff you're good at. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for getting through the elevation round with us. Uh, just before we wrap up, um, what's the future for CyberChimps, do you think, over the next 12 months? I think over the next 12 months, with everything that we've got planned, uh, I'm hoping we're going to just scale this thing. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really confident that we're going to be able to take what we've been doing for the last like two and a half, three years and kind of times it by at least like three or four, maybe 10. I don't know. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we're really trying to set things up right now so that we can just scale this and really start marketing and targeting people outside the WordPress ecosystem um, and outside WordPress and really just target everybody who's looking to build a website mm. uh, and who's looking to own their own content and have their voice online. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, really, I'm really optimistic about what we're going to be able to accomplish this year. Awesome. There's some problems we need to solve along the way, but uh, of course, but uh, that's all part of the that's all part of the fun, isn't it? But yeah, I think it's going to be a good year, and uh, I'm excited to to see what else happens uh, with you know our, with our competitors to see what happens within the industry. Um, you know, I think the web right now is at a really interesting point, and in, uh, I think in, actually we're at a really interesting point in human history. So. Um, I think there's going to be a really, uh, there's going to be a really kind of cool thing that happens with the way mobile's taking off, mm. uh, you know, with, unfortunately some bad had to happen with privacy and, you know, everything that happens is going on now with the NSA again and the government and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to lead to some innovation. Um, and I think it's going to lead to awareness that we all need to, uh, be a little more privy to what we do with our information. And I really hope and encourage people to uh, take it into their own hands because it's really not that hard to, uh, to purchase your own hosting space and mm. launch your own website and put your own photos up on your own server yeah. uh, rather than handing them to Facebook or exactly. uh, somebody else. Exactly. Who's doing who knows what with them. So... Yeah. Matt Mullenweg said during the State of the Word uh, uh, speech at uh, WordCamp San Francisco that WordPress for him, uh, th th this year, or well, the future for WordPress is about using WordPress like Lego blocks and building things. And he yeah. particularly spoke about using WordPress as an app platform for building web apps. Do you see, do you share that vision for the future of WordPress? I definitely think it is a new category in the WordPress market. Uh, I would like some better distinction within WordPress itself to do this. I would not be opposed to there being an official WordPress app store um, that's curated and secure. Um, I think it would be very beneficial to the community. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely see the potential for WordPress to power uh, applications on the web. Um, there really isn't a reason for it not to. Um, so I'm really hoping that uh, WordPress does become more of a framework for web apps and even design and CSS and whatnot. Because um, I think ultimately, you know, there's some great solutions out there. We use Twitter Bootstrap. 
foundations a really good uh, framework. Um, but I don't, I, I, I easily could see WordPress just going into those markets as well and redefining them, mm. uh, innovating in that space and finding solutions because there's some amazing programmers that work for Automatic and I, you know, I really respect everything that Matt's doing right now. So I would really love to see them actually maybe take some focus off WordPress.com and put some focus back into the WordPress community um, so that we can turn WordPress into the framework for the open internet. Interesting. All right. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 12 months. Um, just just finally, what's the, a uh, couple of questions before we say goodbye. What's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Don't be afraid of failure. Um, a lot of people, you know, we go to, especially in the United States, like everyone, well, I have so many friends, so many, you know, colleagues and acquaintances, they all went to school and they all were taught that failure is the worst thing you can do to yourself. <laughs> um, and that is the worst possible lesson you could teach somebody. Yeah. Um, the coolest thing about our universe and the life that we live right now is that when you push, you get something pushing back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and that is power right there. Um, and it, sometimes you're going to push and what pushes back isn't what you expected and that's okay. Um, and sometimes you're going to push really, really hard in one direction. And then you may realize that you're on the wrong path <laughs> mm. and that's okay too. Um, so yeah, you really have to learn to embrace failure and accept it and not take it personal. Um, because as soon as you learn to separate your ego from failure and kind of like look at the big picture and the, the second you can recognize something has failed is actually the moment that you can fix it and see the problem for what it is and then solve it or make it better or decide, Hey, that's not a problem I even want to solve. Mm. <laughs> so I would say learn to embrace failure, um, learn to screw up, make mistakes, be foolish, take risks. Um, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're too afraid to do anything, then there's no point in doing it. Um, if something makes you uncomfortable and I say, keep doing it yeah. until you get out. Um, Great advice. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick details on the competition. Trent has very kindly donated a pro version of the responsive theme from CyberChimps, which you should definitely check out at cyberchimps.com if you haven't already. In order to win the theme, all you need to do is leave a comment underneath this video and tell us the number one feature or design thing that you would like to see in a future version of a CyberChimps theme. I'll get Trent to swing by in a couple of weeks and look through the comments and award uh, the prize to the winner. How's that sound, Trent? That sounds great. Awesome. Hey, Trent, where can people reach out to you and say thanks for this interview? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at uh, Trent Lipinski. Um, It's all one word. You can also hit up uh, at CyberChimps as well. Um, and cyberchimps.com and uh, worst comes to worst you could always email me it's just trent at cyberchimps.com I get a lot of emails so it may take me a while to get back to you but I try to read them all awesome thank you very much for uh, taking some time to speak with us on the WP Elevation podcast I really appreciate it final question is who would you like me to try and interview and why you know I, I would love to see some interviews with people who necessarily are a little bit outside the WordPress community, Mm. but 
that have some really good like business advice or marketing advice. Um, so there, cause I really liked at Pressnomics how there were a couple presenters. Um, you know, there was uh, an executive from Salesforce and, uh, there were some other people that aren't really necessarily WordPress ecosystem, yeah. but that still have good overall advice and principles and business advice that applies to WordPress. Mm. So I would maybe say, take a look at some of those presenters and see if maybe you could talk to them in future interviews. That's, a, that's great advice. I'm going to have a look through the Pressnomics uh, speaker list from 2013. And I actually had Bill Ballou. Uh, I've, I've interviewed Bill Ballou, who was the hit the publish button, hit the publish button. Yeah, uh, that's I him. Really I had him on. But I'll, I'll look through the speaker schedule and find someone else, and then I'll send you a tweet or an email and I'll let you know when that's ready to go. So yeah. awesome. Thanks I, for that. I'd really like to see the WordPress ecosystem become more than just about WordPress and being about the greater good of just keeping the internet open awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. I think it, sometimes we can get a little bit insular in the WordPress community and it is good to look outside for inspiration. Yeah, agreed. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate it and I wish you all the best for uh, 2014 and it'll be interesting to see how CyberChimps continues to evolve and I'll be sure to keep an eye on things and keep in touch. Awesome. Thanks, man. Take care.